You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And you are listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the Geek to Geek Media Network. And on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the Korean drama, Nevertheless. Um, we have a lot to discuss about this show, so let's talk about our Weekly Geek Week first, and then we're going to dive into this massive amount of notes that I have going on for this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Chelsea, what have you been doing the last couple of weeks? Well, during the last couple of weeks, we celebrated your birthday. Yay. Which was fun. We went mini golfing and mm. K-pop store shopping. Yep. And it was hot as, as heck. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really hot. I feel really bad that day. Oh, I mean, it was no big deal. It was just, you know, just hot. Yep. That's what happens when you have your birthday at that time. I'm the same. I'm an August birthday, so it's always yep. hot on my birthday. Um, But I had a lot of fun. That mosquito bite on my elbow, by the way, was like, I, I had a red elbow for like, ever (laughs) oh my god yeah it was really bad because it was hot so it was like the high was like 97 but it was also very humid Mm -hmm. that day and where we went mini golfing there was just like a bunch of mosquitoes and like you got bit twice and then brian was getting eaten alive and i was like the two of you are just tasty we are tasty people yeah my knuckle i had one right between my like two knuckles and so it looked like i had punched someone because it like swollen up oh my god yeah so it was weird it was a different kind of mosquito bite because like usually my mosquito bites are just super super itchy Uh right these were itchy but they would more so like swell um we have a special breed of mosquitoes um in orange county so you're welcome apparently yeah so like my elbow was like swollen and red like it was like this like it was red like this much yeah it was People probably thought I was diseased at work. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but they actually went away very quickly. I will admit. Like, oh, that's good. It was terrible for like two days and then they were pretty much gone. So I was happy with that. That's good. Um, one of my coworkers who I, you know, uh, love dearly and she's like my only friend here and she loves K-pop. She went away to college. So I helped her get ready for that. So That's now so I just have another friend to FaceTime. It's fine. Um, That's so sad. <laughs> it's very sad. I was very, I, it was funny though. Like I was really trying not to be emotional because me, mm-hmm. that's me. So I think it was like the last time I saw her, I was just like, all right, um, right, I'm sure I'll see you on FaceTime. All right, bye. <laughs> Your goodbyes are so awkward. Avoid, avoid emotion. Avoid, bye, bye. <laughs> I mean, she'll, I'll see her like, you know, during Christmas and stuff. So it's not like it's forever or it's not like she moved to another country or state. Exactly. She she went to UCLA. She's like literally just in Los Angeles. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'll visit her very soon. And, but it was really fun. It was, it's like her senior year of of college, but it's her first time living on campus. So she's very excited. 
Um, so I was like trying to like, we were like looking up videos, like figuring out what her dorm layout was going to look like and what she could pack and like stuff yeah. like that. So it was very fun. Um, I've been working a lot. So I've just been kind of doing that, getting, getting her off and then socializing after, after work. So like all my time has been very filled. <laughs> yeah. Um, very tired. Uh, and then I've also been watching the K-drama Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha, which an episode came out yesterday, and I thought it was going to be two episodes, so I was, like, watching them, right? And I watched the first episode, and I was like, great, I have one more, and then I'll go to bed. Apparently it comes out today, or it came out today, but I didn't know that, so I was like, <laughs> oh my god. It got left on a cliffhanger. Well, not like a big cliffhanger, but you know how it is after you finish like a really good episode mm-hmm. and you expect there to be one more, you're like super excited and then to find out you don't have another one. Oh my God. Yeah. Kind of wa- kind of like watching Nevertheless week to week. It was like every time it would end, you're like, no, I need more. <laughs> yeah. Accurate. Accurate. So that's kind of how I feel with this show. It's very good. I'm very much enjoying it and I'm, i think i'm enjoying it more because i'm watching it week to week i was thinking about watching it i should do you should that. you should definitely watch it <laughs> um but yeah other than that katie what have you been up to um i did a full harry potter movie rewatch i don't know why just because why not it's september um, true that is true um so i did that um also managed to join another podcast just in case anybody was wondering (laughs) um i think we need to ban you from joining any uh, more podcasts it's it's only really obvious when someone like calls it out like in a row which is Mm -hmm. what happened today when i recorded this morning and i was like you don't have to do that (laughs) um so basically what's going on is that over on geekitude which is the podcast that joe and ray host right um they are doing a like two month spree of zombie movies mm-hmm. um to discuss and at some point like a couple months ago um joe mentioned something on slack about zombies or whatever and i was like oh god i love zombie movies and i had just rewatched warm bodies mm-hmm. and he he like like private messaged me he was like i didn't know you like zombies you like zombies do you want to do a zombie podcast and i was like joe no (laughs) joe please don't add me to yet another podcast yeah and i i was scared that he was gonna start like a whole different like podcast that was just gonna be about zombie movies which is like totally possible because there's enough to do that yes um but it turns out no or that might be later i'm not entirely sure because (laughs) who knows i think it's in your best interest to uh not start a whole new podcast you know what honestly like as long as i'm not the one doing the editing it's fine true um i just have to show up which is what i do for four out of the five no three out of the five podcasts that i'm on mm-hmm. uh, where i don't really do a lot of the work um but anyways so i've been doing that um the first episode is up actually i think the second episode is up already too um, because the way Joe does it is like he just like edited edits edit edits it that day that we recorded. So like he edited it today and then posts it oh. like, immediately after. Nice. Probably probably easier for him. 
Yeah, because it's just like it's really easy because he the way we do it is we do the intro, mm-hmm. then he stops the recording, mm. and then we do a new recording. So he just like pops the oh. the commercial in, yeah, and then just puts the rest of it, and we don't really like shoot the breeze or whatever. Mm-hmm. We do that before and then after. Gotcha. Um. So because of that, um, the first episode is up where we talked about both of the Night of the Living Dead versions so the one from 68 and then the remake from the night from 1990 and then today we talked about dawn of the dead the one from 1978 and then the remake from 2004 Mm. um i can give you the whole schedule so if people want to join like join they can um ray is supposed to join us every so often i don't know but like basically it's me and joe talking about zombie movies um convinced him to change the schedule so that we could talk about he didn't know that there was a movie version of pride and prejudice and zombies and now he does which is now on the schedule excellent yes um so i'm super excited even to the point where i'm going to be out of town in october and i was like don't worry i'll still record (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're like bringing my mic got it no problem i'll just tell steph that i need to record steph will be chill you yeah, recorded when she fun. was here yeah we did Mm-hmm. we did she was just like in the other room she went for a walk i think oh yeah she did go for a walk that's right so it's chill because i don't think we're going camping so we're just gonna like hang cool um, but anyways, so that's going on. And then obviously we talked about me having my birthday, um, miniature golfing did absolutely nothing on my actual birthday day. You won at mini golf, by the way, we forgot to mention. Oh, I did. I did win on mini golf and I got two hole in ones. Yeah, you did. You killed it. Um, I didn't get bit by a mosquito. So that's great. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> yes. Um, we were going to go to a brewery after we went miniature golfing which was probably just a dumb idea in the beginning anyway because it was saturday and there's no way that we would have gotten a place to sit so we convinced brian to go to chili's which i don't think he was down to do but he came with us anyway i was gonna say he didn't seem upset no brian will do anything yeah. um that i want to do which is totally he seemed, fine he seemed chill i, I was really he was glad just, that he came yeah i think he was just happy to hang out you know to be around people <laughs> yeah it was great um michelle and i were talking my sister and we were like brian's definitely showing up wearing a bucket hat and guess what brian showed up wearing a bucket hat absolutely (laughs) (laughs) typical brian in dad mode he comes to all my birthday things whenever i ask him to because we went roller skating in 2019 and he was like he didn't roller skate with us but he came anyway and he was like standing on the outside like taking pictures on his phone so he was in like total dad mode it was great that's so awesome (laughs) He was like, I got this, like, really bad blurry action shot of you roller skating, but look at it. <laughs> That's so cute. It is. It's such a blessing. Um, and then I started watching the new season of What We Do in the Shadows, but I'm already behind, so I re- <laughs> need to see if I can remember the password to my Hulu account. Oh, no. <laughs> Paying for it, so I might as well, like, use it. You definitely should, yeah. Oh, I forgot, though. I also watched... Um, the Bob Ross documentary that just came out not long ago. Oh, okay. Um, called Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and something else. I forgot what the other word was. Oh. Um, it was very good and also extremely upsetting. Yeah. 
Um, I highly recommend if you have any semblance of liking Bob Ross to watch it. Yeah. Also, please don't it. ever buy Bob Ross um, company products. Ooh, gotcha. Because they don't deserve the money. Because okay. the Bob Ross, like the Bob Ross's family, mm-hmm. they don't get any of the money from any of the products that are sold with Bob Ross's likeness or his name on them. Ah, I see. I see. None of it. Um, so don't buy them or buy them secondhand. Just saying. Good to know. Yes. Um, but anyway, uh, don't forget to head over to geek2geekmedia.com to check out all the latest episodes of the network's podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the Twitch streams of all of our network streamers so you don't miss out when they stream their favorite games, talk about geek stuff. Keep listening now to hear a promo from the geek to geek Media Network. When toxic culture has you down... When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies! K-pop! Disney Plus! Keanu! Keanu Reeves! New! Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we are back. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, we are going to be discussing the 2021 Korean drama series, Nevertheless, which is available to stream on Netflix. Highly recommend watching it. It's really good. It will make you angry, though. Um, (laughs) There will be spoilers from here on out, please. Yes. There's going to be a whole, like, a lot of spoilers. So if you're very interested in watching the show and you don't want spoilers, um, come back later. Yeah, it's a quick watch. It's only 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. So um, so the series aired week to week on J- JTCB and Netflix from June 19th to uh, August 21st with 10 episodes in total, um, which is shorter than a normal Korean drama series, which is usually 16 episodes or so. Um, and the series was adapted from a webtoon of the same name by Jung So. So um, I'm also reading that, by the way. I was, but it was doing the whole, like, unlocking one episode per day thing. Is it still doing that? Yes, it's really annoying. But okay. um, I want to read it because I want to see what the differences are. I Basically, I want to see how the series, the Webtoon series, ends versus the show. True, because people are saying it ends differently. I've, I started mm-hmm. reading it. The first, like, three to four episodes are very close to the, to the show. Yes. Like, almost identical. Um, it's all pretty close. Um, I already passed the episode where they like get together for the first time. Mm. Like I've read past that and it's, it's pretty the same. So I'm interested to see how, like how it ends. Okay. Um, which is pushing me to want to finish reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the synopsis. I got the synopsis for the show from my dramalist.com. Copy and pasted it. So I'm going to read it word for word. So thanks to whoever wrote this. Uh, okay, so Pak Jaeon finds dating a waste of time, but likes to flirt, 
Even though he is friendly and cheerful towards all, he does not pursue others. Parjeon is a master of the push and pull who doesn't get swept up in emotions. Jeon um, draws firm lines between himself and other people and doesn't reveal how he feels. Yet when he meets Yu, uh, Yu Nabi, he wants to cross the lines that he's drawn like himself. Um, so Nabi uh, wants to date but doesn't trust love. After a bitter experience with her first love, she doesn't believe in destiny anymore. But when she meets Pak Jeon, he has a magical effect on on her that challenges her decision to stay aloof. That's pretty close. It's pretty accurate, yeah. Um, There was, like, a better description on a website that I read. Like, the description on that L, uh, like, the Mm. L.com article was, like, really good. Um, But I'm going to be reading a lot of stuff from that already, so I thought we'd mix it up a little bit. (laughs) True. Fair enough. Um... So I wrote down all the episode titles because I thought they were interesting. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so I'm just going to read episodes 1 through 10 title. Um, so the first episode is called There's No Such Thing as Fate, Nevertheless. Uh, it's not only me, nevertheless. It has already begun, uh, period, nevertheless. I know it isn't love, nevertheless. I know nothing will change, nevertheless. There's no such thing as love, nevertheless. I know nothing. There's no turning back, nevertheless. I know it's a lie, uh, nevertheless. I know it's over, nevertheless. And then the last episode was called Nevertheless, I Still. You know, in a way, I kind of feel like we maybe should have predicted how the show was going to go based on these titles and based on the title of it you probably could figure it out just based on the titles of each episode because it's clear that she's like there's no such thing as fate even though in a sense there is because he's seen her Mm -hmm. like he saw her before she saw him and he talks about it later and it takes her a long time to like realize that he's talking about her but it's also like the word nevertheless yes basically means like despite what i should know or like despite yes. what um maybe i should be doing nevertheless i still feel these things yes that's 100% what's going on yeah so um, hmm <laughs> like the literal translation of the korean title is i know but that's what it is. Uh, so maybe we should have known. Maybe we should really have known from the beginning. I mean, to be honest, okay, to be honest, when this show started, when you first get like a real f- feel for like who who Jayon is, you're like, he is not a good person, first of all. Oh, yeah. You instantly pick up that he's an he's, issue. He's an issue. <laughs> um, and like there's a certain point. In the show, I think it's, like, episode nine or something, when, like, she finally, like, stands up to him. Like, we're going to get through all of this when we get there. But, like, she stands up to him and, like, tells him, like, no, we can't be together. Like, all this stuff, right? And he realizes that he messed up, like, hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, But there's that part, like, after her sculpture gets destroyed 
And he says, I'm going to help you. And then I'll, and then I'll go. And like, you never have to see me again. But when he says goodbye to her after they're done, the literal look on his face and hers, I was like, God damn, she's going to pick him. There's no way that she's not going to end up with him at the end, even though she knows that he's not good for her. She's still going to pick him Mm because nevertheless, I still. I know, but. (laughs) Yep, I know, but. Which, which, it makes me angry, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we talked a lot about this before we knew what the ending was. Yes. And we discussed a lot about how this show felt very different to a lot of K-dramas in the sense that it was filmed very much from a female gaze perspective. Yes. Which is very different, which you can kind of see like it's a lot in the direction and the writing, but a lot of like in how the, the show is shot specifically. Um, yes. And I think maybe from the beginning I had mistaken that with, Oh, that probably means this show is going to be like female empowering. No. And, and pretty feminist. No, I was wrong. (laughs) It's, So, like, one of the things that we thought was that, like, I think a lot of the things that were going on in the show, a lot of it was getting blamed on Nabi for, like, her decisions, right? And we talked about this because, um, like, while the show was going on, and we talked about, like, a lot of people were, like, blaming her, like, oh, she should know better, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is that it's the kind of person that he is that's the problem right because it's not that she's making bad decisions because she is like she is doing it however based on her past experiences in this situation um because she literally just got out of a very toxic and manipulative manipulative um relationship right mhm However, that relationship was very in your face with its toxicity. Exactly. Whereas like Parcheon is not in your face toxic. Almost he's manipulative. Yeah. yeah, he's a little scary because I I call him the Wickham of this show mm. from like in reference to Pride and Prejudice because the thing about Wickham in Pride and Prejudice is that he tells you everything he thinks you want to hear. And, yep. like, he knows how to put words to a situation to manipulate it, which he does, right? Like, he explains to Elizabeth his perspective of the story without giving her all the information. So he gives her facts but, like, leaves things out to where he can manipulate it to look like Darcy's the bad person. Yep. Right? And he does that where he, like, changes things to make it seem like he's more the victim when he's really the villain in most of this. Yes. Um, And he uses phrases like, didn't you miss me? Like, don't you miss me? Like, don't you miss me? Is that really important? Oh, they're just crazy and obsessed with me. He mm-hmm. puts a, he puts the blame on everyone else except himself. Without taking any responsibility for what he's doing. And it's a big thing because, like, you don't... I don't think I really picked up hardcore on his manipulation until they went to uh, her friend's house. And he mm. had her on the table like, mm-hmm. in the room alone, mm-hmm. like, after they had, like, basically, like, stopped seeing each other. Yeah. And he's like, I came here because of you. Like, didn't you miss me? Why are you running away? Like, are you going to run away from me again? 
Like, does that matter? It's not important. Like, it's manipulation with words. I think for me, I I knew he was being manipulative pretty much from the beginning, but I thought that maybe it was less direct manipulation mm-hmm. and more so like he had just had like i thought there was more of a backstory to it right like yeah he had some maybe traumatic experiences in his past that made him develop toxic behavior patterns that he maybe didn't know was toxic right and that's Mm -hmm. where i thought maybe he would develop as a character towards the end (laughs) and realizing like wow i'm being super shitty or you know sorry we're we're on tea time i forget i can't say (laughs) um uh you know i'm i'm being really terrible and he would grow from that um but really it's like as the show goes on you realize like no he's not accidentally being manipulative he's very much like he is in complete control of the situation and completely Mm -hmm. aware of how he's behaving and like i think he doesn't view it as being wrong at all no no he doesn't and um so one of the things that i want to spend a lot of time talking about is i found this really great article um from L.com that somebody wrote called um, All the Red Flags in the K-Drama Nevertheless that we want to be, that we want to but can't ignore, right? Yeah. Um, so I pulled all of the the um, red flags from that. So I wanted to like go through each of them and talk about like how it relates to the show and like what he did and then her reaction and that kind of stuff. Um, now, keep in mind that like we really enjoyed this show. Like it was oh, good. They did yes. a fantastic job. Like we're not critiquing it and that it's not good. What we're talking about is the content of the actual story itself. This is very much a analysis of the character and mm-hmm. what is honestly like it's not great. Like it's not a it's not a character that we should be um we shouldn't like him. Yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't be liking this character. And I think unfortunately with the way that this was presented, yes. a lot of people are getting a very like they're they're it's glossed over. Yes. To where you do like the character. And yes. I think it's important to know that you really shouldn't because <laughs> Yes. For the very reasons that we're about to talk about. The show itself, it was very well made. Mm-hmm. It, it was, you know, for the most part, pretty well written. The actors did a fantastic job at what they did. There's a lot of really good things in this show. But I think yeah. it's so important to talk about how, why this character is not a character we should look up to or aspire to be or yes. aspire to want to be with. I think it's like yes. so, so important. <laughs> Um, because there's like other stuff that goes on in the story throughout the episodes. Cause there's other multiple storylines happening at the same time. Right. Cause there's like, there's a really wonderful, um, uh, storyline that focuses on an LGBTQ character mm-hmm. and like her coming out of, um, like, um, confessing her feelings for someone who's been her friend for a really long time and then like confessing how she actually feels and then that being reciprocated mm-hmm. and that was wonderful then you have like Nobby's best friend 
um, and like her awful behavior towards another person. Uh, we're not really going to talk about that storyline. There was like a whole thing about it because like the actor that played the male character got into some trouble and then like how they edited the show to sort of like edit his character out. I mean, we can we can talk a little bit about it, but we're probably not going to go too heavy on it. I want to yeah. maybe discuss how her character is the female version of Jayon. Oh, and absolutely. how we definitely don't look at it in this. I mean, we we do and we don't. It's interesting because her character is very similar to Park Jayon, right? Mm-hmm. Except that the harshness in which people react to her character is very opposite of Jam because they're giving him a slide because of of how attractive and alluring he is and i Whereas, think it has like, to do with sh- the fact that he's a man yes and she's a you know and she's a woman and, and I she's think a people, woman people are a lot more forgiving of toxic male behavior versus yes. toxic female behavior because neither one of their behaviors is forgivable exactly they're it's not to say that her like she should be forgiven and he shouldn't be it's they both shouldn't be. no they both shouldn't be because to be honest like despite okay despite what happened with the actor who played the male character that that yeah. Bina was like interested in like who's her friend the character that he played deserved better like he deserved better than her <laughs> he definitely deserved better and i will say like her character almost is more redeemed in my yes. opinion than jayon yet yeah I, you know what i mean like i feel like she at least she gets called out on her toxic behavior she yes. realizes that she was being toxic and then she actively does try to not uh, act that way. So I think to me, her f- like forgiveness that the show gives her is a bit more earned. Whereas and they just forgive him, and he didn't do a damn thing to earn that. They forgiveness. don't even. They don't even like admit that he really did anything wrong. Honestly, <laughs> they just gloss over a lot. But anyway, yeah. this L article I think is very important that. You all read. It's a very well-written article. We'll include it in the show notes for you to check Mm -hmm. out as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the red flags that the writer of that article pointed out, and then we're going to discuss them like one by one. So to start out, um, we're going to talk about Nobby's uh, ex. So he is manipulative and toxic Um, in the show. Like he orders a pizza for the both of them. For the both of them, and then trying to like get a glimpse of her true feelings for him, which doesn't really make any sense, but whatever. Yeah. Um, he refuses to wear a condom when they have sex because he wants to confirm the sincerity of their relationship, which is some b- giant BS. Oh, like it he's just makes awful. me angry. <laughs> just- it makes me just like mad and just disgusted. Um, yeah. He criticizes her green nail polish and how she makes arbitrary decisions without asking his opinion first. So she makes decisions for herself and about her own life. And he gets angry that he she doesn't talk to him about it before it's, she makes that choice. It's straight up abusive. Like, it's just point yes. blank abusive behavior. Yes. Um, and then he crafted a sculpture because he is an art teacher and she is an art student. So she is in a... Um, Uh, a sculpting program at the university that she goes to. And he was like her teacher at one point. And then he works at a different place, Mm -hmm. but like people know him. Yeah. Right. That go to school with her. So like there is a like level of 
like people know that she's dating him kind of thing. So what he does is he sculpts this um, sculpture of her nude likeness and then displays it at an art exhibit without her consent and doesn't tell her like he doesn't he makes it without her consent and then displays it without her consent. And it's not even just that it's a nude likeness of her, but it's in a position that is clearly provocative. Yes. And the fact that she had no idea is just. He also put her <sighs> name on it. Like he called it Nobby. Yeah, which he is titled just... it her name, which is just like, oh, God, it's just it's it's vile. Yes. And it says like with Nobby's ex, like the red flags were clear as day. Right. Like they were mm-hmm. very clear and like um, like very in your face. But like sometimes those same or similar red flags are not as all not always as clear, which is how it is with Park Jaeon, right? Like he is a walking red flag who renders you colorblind yes. with his presence and his allure. Because all of his red flags are clear from the beginning, but you don't see them because you're blinded by um, his presence, his allure, his personality, his uh, charisma, like his literal just like intoxication of him. It's like when people question why women stay in abusive relationships, it's like it not every relationship is like her like her first ex, right? Yes. Where it's super obvious, clear as day, you know, blatant disregard and blatant disrespect. But, like, sometimes it's it's more like Jayon, where it's very, very subtle, and it manipulates you in a way where you don't see these things as being toxic, mm-hmm. and therefore you stay, and that's why, you know, I don't know. it. The fact that people blame Nabi for a lot of stuff that she does in the series is just really, like, crappy. Yes, and, and also, like, her getting out of the relationship with her ex, like, she was with him for a long time before she got out of that relationship, mm-hmm. to before she got to the breaking point where, like, she just couldn't take it anymore and walked away. Yeah. Um, and even later on, he comes back and still feels entitled to tell her what to do, even though they're not together, which is just, like, some toxic masculinity BS. I want to cuss so bad. And this I is know. not a cussing <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so we're going to start with the red flags and we're just going to go through them. So the first one is that he hits on her while he is supposed to be meeting someone else on a, for a date. Okay. So he canceled on the girl that he was supposed to meet, but why, right? Like, but why did he do that? Is it because he is immediately attracted to her or is it because of his obsession with butterflies and the girl that he just met happened to be named Nabi, which means butterfly yep. in Korean. So like he has a butter, a very like distinctive iconic butterfly tattoo on the back of his neck. Right. Which you get tons of shots of like, they just like zoom in on it and all that stuff. And then also he has like a bunch of butterflies that he keeps in his apartment in this like, greenhouse section so he basically has captive these butterflies and he is like almost going to try to capture another one which is the butterflies feel very metaphorical for sure yeah because for him i feel like every girl that he meets or like hooks up with is just another passing butterfly for him Uh uh-huh 
or that he can capture that he can capture yeah and keep um and also like she just also happens to be named like butterfly and he's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, not only is she like because he's probably physically attracted to her because she is really pretty. So he mm-hmm. was like immediately attracted to her. And when she told him her name, he was like, "Ooh, like this is you can't get get much more perfect than yep, like this. Um, so there's that. And then next is uh, he's calling other girls while he's with her. Right. So this is like all happening at the very beginning of the show. So like basically all of these um, lists of red flags happen as the show progresses. Right. So we're like at the beginning of the show and then we'll like get to the middle and then towards the end. Um, so Nabi and Jayon nearly kiss right in the alleyway, but she excuses herself to go to the bathroom. And when she returns, she overhears a conversation he is having with someone on the phone who he tells he misses them. Right. Because I'm pretty sure he's talking to Sola which mm-hmm. is this other girl that he talks to. Um, so she just, like, leaves without saying goodbye to him. Yeah. Right? So just, she just goes. And um, so one of the things that the person who wrote this article calls out is that one could give him the benefit of the doubt, right, in the situation, right? Yeah. That maybe he's not talking to a girl. Maybe he's talking to his mom or his dad yep. or somebody else. Family member. Right? Family yeah. member whatever however if you take into account everything that has happened thus far that's a big fat nope (laughs) yeah he was supposed to meet someone else Mm -hmm. i mean there there's a lot to take into account there's a lot to take into account right which is probably why nobby just like ups and leaves yeah which honestly if it were me i would too yes because it's one of those like uncomfortable situations where like you don't know you just met this person you have no idea who they're talking to on the phone but he did tell you that he was there meeting another girl whom he said he then canceled on but like did he really cancel on her why is he actually talking to me like well yeah and she just freaking broke up with her boyfriend like literally like hours before that so yeah no i mean (laughs) she she would still feel a little yeah like weary of i don't know he is a very pretty face who knows a lot of things to talk to her about. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay. So number three is her best friend warns her about that, about him. Right. Uh, so Binna uh, warns her about the kind of guy that Jayon is, that he is a flirt who never commits. He, she worries that Nobby's going to fall for his charms like everyone else and hope things um hope that things will be different because he shows the smallest gesture of uh, sincerity right it's one of those situations where like um she tells her like all about like his previous like encounters with other girls that she's heard about right like she knows all about like the kind of person that he is he's flirt he hooks up with other people and gets around which is fine whatever like he can do whatever he wants he's an adult like that's his life but she needs to remember that, like, it's not going to be one of those situations where, oh, it's different with me. Yes. And that's super important. Yes. Um, so, like, she has to keep that in mind is what she's, like, trying to, like, remind her. Like, don't hope that things are going to be different with you all because he's, like, oh, he's treating me different. It's not the same as another girl that he talked to, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Like, he's, uh, sin- he's sincere with everyone. Yes. Don't think that his sincerity is different with you versus other people. Exactly. Which, I don't know, I find interesting that at the beginning she was very, like, hesitant, but almost immediately starts, like, pushing Nobby towards him as well. So it kind of just... 
I don't know. Yeah. It, it just feels weird. It's there's a lot of like how she changes her mind because she like encourages her to be with him before when she was like warning her to not be with him. It's like, girl, make well, a decision. Like, what do you want? <laughs> she was like, he really wants to meet you. But also, if you're going to be with him, just be, you know, careful of the fact that it may not be a real relationship. But also, like, go for it, girl. I'm like, um... <laughs> mixed signals. <laughs> Very mixed signals. Mixed signals. So, uh, basically, like, um, the person that wrote this is saying, like, love is blind, but sometimes an outside perspective can help you, right? So, Binna has um, seen what happens when he fall, when girls fall for him, and even Nabi believes that things will be different, but Binna doesn't believe that that is true. So, if... If Jayon is seeing other people while he's with Nabi and she's fine with that, then there isn't an issue, yes. right? Because it's something that they discussed. But as Bina points out, like, Nabi doesn't know how to keep things casual. So, like, there's two parts to this, right? So, like, if Jayon is communicating with her that he's seeing other people while he's seeing with her and she's fine with that, then there isn't any issue, right? As mm-hmm. long as there's open communication between the two of them that this is not a relationship. We're not in a relationship. It's just a casual thing. I'm going to keep seeing other people, whatever. But the problem is, is that like Navi doesn't know how to have a casual relationship with somebody because she's never had that experience before. So Bina is like trying to warn her, like, do not get attached to him because like, I think that's where like the whole thing is, is like, just so you know, like, this is the kind of person he is. But girl, if you want to do that, like, go for it. Like, I'm sure he's like, like, you're going to enjoy the time that you have with him. But keep in mind that he is not a relationship guy. Like, he doesn't want to be in a relationship with you. He just wants to hook up and then go your separate ways. Like, he wants exactly. to have fun, and then that's it. Which is, like, fine on her part. Like, she definitely needs to realize... Like, I, like I kept thinking this the whole time watching it week to week. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, fair enough. He's being clear from the beginning that he clearly wants casual. Mm-hmm. And then she needs to kind of better realize that that's what this is. And obviously, like, she she talks a lot in her inner monologue that, like, I know that this isn't serious, yet I can't help but feel this way. That's when she should have stopped it. You know what I mean? Yes. She should have stopped it when she knew she couldn't hold back on her feelings. Yes. Because... But also, he was, like... He keeps pushing he, her. I was going to say, he, like, also wouldn't let her go. Yes, that's also the problem is that um, there were clear times when she tries to, like, get away from him, Mm -hmm. but he, it becomes a possessive kind of thing where he, like, won't let her go. Because there's this one part, right, where they have been together for a little while, and there's a thing that she says in her inner monologue, and she, she says something like, I'm scared that I'm going, like, why do I always feel like I'm going to crumble when I'm near him? Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Because he is just intoxicating, right? Because yeah. he, because it's right in that part where he had, like, they haven't been together and, like, he's dressing, like, he's putting, like, ointment on a, on a scratch that she got. And then she tries to, like, walk away and then he gets in her, like, space Right? He, like, overwhelms her. And that's when she says, she's like, when I'm near him, I feel like I'm going to crumble. Like, she can't help. Which is not good. good. No. You shouldn't feel like you're going to fall apart. 
every give time. in to everything mm-hmm. just by the mere presence of someone that's not like your significant other should make you feel strong and should make you feel supported not weak yes and her using the word like i the words like i feel like i'm going to crumble when i'm near him is not good no there's feeling like weak in the sense that you're like you're feeling giddy but you shouldn't feel like you straight up are just going to give into anything despite what you actually want outside of like when that person's there exactly yeah okay so number four is he uses the same moves on her that he does with other girls, which we've pointed out, right? So, like, he draws a butterfly on her wrist, which she consciously keeps imprinted on her, even though it would super easy wash away, right? Like, when she mm-hmm. says, oh, like, I tried to get it off and I couldn't, he goes, that's weird. I use water-soluble marker. <laughs> and I was like, ooh. She's like, that's so weird. It wouldn't wash off. I don't and know. And he's like, mm, I use washable <laughs> markers. Um but she says that she says that that as an like it's an intimate gesture until she meets like she sees it as an intimate gesture right she, like she feels like it's something special and then she meets another girl who has the exact same butterfly drawing um yeah on the exact same place he drew it on her um except i think she got hers like as a tattoo like she tattooed it possibly or he drew it on her it's really hard because he says that she got it tattooed and that she's crazy, but it's hard to know. See, I think that's just manipulation because, yes. like, how would you know it's a tattoo, right? He could exactly. just say, like, yeah, she tattooed it on herself. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. When in reality, he could have just written on her on her hand the night before. Right? Like, a couple days beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, it says this makes her feel anxious, right? Like it makes Nobby feel anxious and she questions him about it. But of course he has an exploit explanation for it, right? Mm-hmm. He like brushes it off. Okay. So, and then the next one is in front of others, he claims that nothing is going on between them, right? So like during an outing with like other school chums, like a bunch of people from the art department go out, um, Min Sang, who is awful, by the way, like that guy is just like, oh my God, gross. yeah. He, like, is doing some super invasive questioning of Nabi about her past relationships and then her relationship with Jayon, right? Which is none of his freaking business. Like, mm-hmm. WTF, man. He outright says, like, and then Jayon, like, outright says that there's nothing going on between the two of them. And then he looks to her to, like, there's nothing going on, right? Like, to yep. confirm that. Right, yep. which obviously this could be taken as Jayon not wanting to keep his relation, wanting to- for him wanting to keep his relationship private because it's none of that guy's business, it's none of those people's business at all, and or it's simply like not wanting to put a label on it because they haven't discussed it, right? Yeah. If you're giving him the benefit of the doubt, those are two things that you could totally think. If, however, if that was yeah, if. <laughs> If you hadn't had all the stuff beforehand. Yes. It says, however, based on his on his previous actions, it seems pretty clear that he doesn't want to label it ever. Like, he yeah. doesn't want any sort of label on it ever. Which you can see when he says, like, there's nothing going on between us. Like, and then he looks to her to confirm it. Like, she visibly deflates and begins to doubt everything mm-hmm. that's going on between the two of them. Because he very could have easily said, like... Like, hey, we're just friends. Hey, it's we're just getting to business. know each other. It's yeah. none of your business. 
he very easily could have deflected, but he very specifically was like, nothing's going on. Also, I have to say, I really didn't, I don't appreciate that they always make those kind of characters. The other guy, the the one that was like grilling them, they always make those characters like yes. heavier and yep. overweight as if to be like, these are disgusting people. Yes. And I'm like, Korea, I get, I get you have a lot of fat phobia, but, but God, <laughs> because like the same thing was going on in like, um, cheese in the trap. Right? Yeah. With they the one make... dude who was like the lazy, lush dude yeah. who was like really just like really vocal and like uh, gets visibly angry about stuff and like questions it... people about their relationship and things like that. Yeah. They did it in the True Beauty webtoon as well. Like they didn't mm-hmm. do it in the, the show. They didn't have that oh character Oh my God, that one dude. Yeah. Yeah. They that. always make, they always make that like antagonizing like character that you obviously want to hate like an overweight slight like like unattractive person and i'm just yes. kind of like that just says a lot about <laughs> it's just a, it's a it says a lot about the kind of trope that they've created for that particular character yeah and just how they think yeah about not great yeah not great not great but not yeah great. Um, but anyway, none of his damn business, like what's going no. on in other people's lives. And I really hate that. Like, yeah, I hate like, people who get pushy about stuff like that. It's like, what, what is it your business to know about someone's relationship? He's like, come on, tell me like what's going on there. And we're like, none of your damn business, bro. Like, no. oh my God. Okay. Um, and so the next one is he's dating other girls and makes them seem like they're the eager or crazy ones. Right. And there's two situations in which this happens. Well, there's probably more, but like two ones that stand, two that stand out. So casual dating is definitely a thing, right? And it's totally fine as long as there is like some sort of like open communication between the two parties and whatever. It's different when you start to like. Oh, we're exclusive. Lie. Yeah. Lie about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and this is some something that that he's been never hidden right he's been very vocal about it he's been very honest about wanting to have casual relationships right he's been very clear about what he does however when he talks to nobby about his other dates and women he's with it's different yes right he talks about it different he he always has an excuse for questionable behavior and each of those excuses lead him further away from taking responsibility for his actions and he dismisses questions about his past and plays the victim Mm -hmm. okay which is what he does with the girl who um like had the butterfly like the butterfly drawing also on her arm he's like she's crazy she did that to get a rise out of me to see my reaction Mm -hmm. she tattooed it there i didn't put it there blah 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 and i'm like but it's the same drawing, so clearly she had it from somewhere. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's the same with the girl. So, like, there's a part in it where they go from drinking at a bar to going to Nobby's house and continue. And they play like a they play like spin the bottle, basically. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like, there's like a noise complaint, and everybody sort of like chills, and some people separate and go outside, right? And so she goes out to take out the trash. And when she comes around the corner, she sees a girl and Jay and they're like kissing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then so they separate and she goes and then Nobby goes to like go past him and he stops her. 
right? And he says something like, she wanted to try it with me. Like, don't you also want to do that? And then he does the whole thing. He was like, well, I wanted to try it with you. Where he, like, puts it on her, right? On the other girl. And then also tries to put it on Nobby, right? Like, it's her fault that because they didn't kiss, he had to go kiss some other girl? Basically. What the heck? I don't know. And so I... When he, like, tries to kiss her, right, and she stops him, and then she reaches up and, like, rubs her thumb across his lower lip, and there's lipstick from the girl he just kissed, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, and then she chooses to, like, she's the one who initiates that kiss. Like, she kisses mm-hmm. him after that, right? Yep. And then they, like, make out for, like, a second, mm-hmm. right? And then he basically wants to continue that, and she's like, nada, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. No. In the in the webtoon, uh, her character says something like, "I can't believe I just kissed him after he had some other girl's saliva in his mouth." <laughs> I was like, "Ew." <laughs> yep. But also, yeah, that's basically what happened. Yeah. But yeah, he does. He plays the victim, so like he tries to play it off as like he's not the one that did it. Like he's the victim here, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it's just like, yeah. <sighs> <sighs> So it, like, kind of moves into the next one, right, where he lies to her when she asks him if he's seeing anyone, right? So she asks him if he's seeing anyone, and he says no, but in a way he is since he never told her about Sola, which is, like, this random girl that you don't really get a lot of story about her other than than they're friends, but she's also, like, madly in love with him and she has a lighter that has a butterfly on it and he has a matching lighter that goes along with it it's very clear that she was nobby before nobby was there yes but he didn't feel the same way about her like that's what they're trying to well i mean like what it seems like is what they're trying to do is play it off as like as he, yeah, he doesn't feel the way yes yeah about her that he does about nobbies because like it's different and i'm like but it's but, not different but we don't know right like, i know that's okay this is what upsets me about <sighs> this is why i thought i genuinely thought the show was gonna go in a different direction because mm-hmm. we don't get hardly any backstory about him we don't learn anything about him we don't learn why like we we get like a t- see a little bit of a background into maybe why he is the way that he is but like it's the smallest amount we don't know anything about her really mm-hmm. um we don't know anything about their relationship we hardly see jayon except through nobby's point of view with the exception of like one or two scenes yep we we get very 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 little perspective on what's going on through that. So I thought that that was done intentionally because it didn't matter because despite like, I didn't like, okay. So a lot of shows sometimes will have the male, the first male lead be very toxic, mm-hmm. but then they show you about their tragic life and that's what makes you feel for them. And then, you know, excuse <laughs> their behavior yeah. further down the line. We've seen it through a lot of dramas now in a way i feel like that's a bit more earned because we do see why maybe those toxic behaviors start out 
And then throughout the show, they eventually learn that it's not great and they develop. That's where the character development comes in, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't know anything hardly about Jayon. So we don't get any sort of character background to learn about it. So I specifically thought like, oh, it's because it doesn't matter because the show is the show is trying to make you focus on the fact that he is toxic and it doesn't matter what his childhood was like. And what made him toxic because he's just toxic and that's how it's going to end. Little did I know. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, like, Jan has been pretty honest about how he feels about the relationship from the get-go. But open communication isn't conditional, right? Yeah. Um, if he is seeing someone else, he needs to share that with Nobby, especially since it might affect her decision on whether or not she wants to keep seeing him. Because yes. what it is is that he's open, but only conditionally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he only gives her the information that he feels like she needs to get her to stick around. Which is also problematic in the sense that they are oh. sleeping together. Yes. So she doesn't know how many people he's sleeping with. That's like a health thing. You know what I mean? That's like, if anything, it's a health thing. Yeah, that's like, hey, I just need to know how much you're sleeping around. So I need to know how, like, how much protection I need to be (laughs) using. And so when she actually does call him out on it, right, he doesn't apologize or own it. He simply says, is that important? Mm Mm-hmm. Because she honestly thinks that he's dating Sola because she tells him that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, she tells her that. She tells Nabi, like, okay, legit, though, that was, like, one of the best moments for Nabi's Literally. character in that moment. But because she, she confronts her because she's seen her before, right? Like, she's seen her a couple of times. So then when she's down there getting a drink, like, her and Sola finally, like, actually meet and talk. And she says, I'm Jayon's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Right? And she's like, what's your relationship with him? And she says, nothing. We're not anything. Like, I just know him. Right? Mm-hmm. But there was this whole conversation that was going on that she overheard about her cutting her hair. Mm-hmm. Right? About Sola cutting her hair. And before Nabi walks away, she goes, don't change it. And she's like, what? And she's like, don't cut your hair short because when when Jayon does it, he likes it when your hair's up. And then she takes the ponytail out of her hair, walks away, end of the episode. It was a pretty power move on her part. It was a it was a power move. It was it would it would have been great given it wasn't, you know, with him. But yeah, her like that was a great line. And it, they she did that like it slow-mo thing where she like pulls her hair yes. out of the ponytail and turns and her hair just like flips around as and she the like music walks starts away. and you're yeah. like dang mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like that was a boss move too bad it didn't last yeah as time goes on. yeah um okay so moving on um we're getting towards the end of the show because there's like another character right that gets introduced that's someone from her past um super cute that's who she should have ended up with but in the end i don't think he just like she deserved him because he deserved way better i don't think she should have ended up with either yeah um people call him potato boy um that's pretty much i was calling him noodle guy (laughs) 
I know I was too. And then I kept going, why are they calling him Potato Boy? And then I forgot his like first scene. Where he like dropped the potatoes on the bus near her. Yeah. Yeah. So like they had introduced a love triangle to this, right? Because like he is somebody from her past. He had a crush on her. He still does. He like she's also attracted to him. But the problem is, is that you've got like manipulative, intoxicating Jayon who's in the way. She unfortunately has more chemistry with. She clearly has feelings for. It's so annoying. She clearly has, like, the unfortunate thing is she she clearly has no chemistry or, not no chemistry, but she, she clearly doesn't have nearly the infatuation with him as she does with Jan. Her, her feelings are definitely not at the same intensity level. And it's disappointing because it's clear they that for him he has the same level of intensity of feelings for her and mm-hmm. he is definitely not the manipulative toxic kind of person that's why it was so heartbreaking when he like did all that stuff for her and he like basically told her that he still likes her and she's like i can't deal with this right now <laughs> yeah it was which <sighs> is understandable just bad t- it was bad timing bad timing i just don't think they really like he didn't have a chance at all no he it sucks right because he like was he perfect no he definitely like was putting his feelings onto her yes in a way that maybe wasn't super fair like he's clearly romanticized her in his head Mm -hmm. and he has looked at her through that like childhood you know rose-colored lens kind of thing Mm -hmm. where he only sees what he you know wants to see and he only remembers what he wants to remember um he's very clearly romanticized what they had and so then when he like puts that onto her and she's just kind of like oh yeah i'm not like i'm not ready to to have what you're giving me you know because she clearly doesn't reciprocate in that way that's not She's... to say further down the line they couldn't yeah have something happen but they're clearly not in the same place she is also like he fails to acknowledge how much she's going through right like it's like she literally just got out of a super manipulative and toxic relationship that was very in her face with her ex-boyfriend to jump into a relationship with someone who was also in the same way but more secretive about it and so she's dealing with trying to figure out how she feels about him and also as well as like school as and- school and like she's having issues with her project and she has a show to do and then she also has to decide whether or not she wants to study abroad like her whole life is a hot freaking mess which is totally understandable why she like took off and like went to go stay with her aunt for a short period of time mm-hmm. um it makes a lot of sense there's just like like it he, was just bad timing and too much for her whole- to deal with he was living a whole other drama in his head, and unfortunately, she was just not matching up. Like she, was, nope. she didn't realize she was cast in that drama. <laughs> no, she was like, I didn't know I was the lead in this. Like, girl, what? Which is, oh, it's such a shame because he's so sweet and he's so nice and he does great gestures. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. It just wasn't the right thing. No, it just wasn't. It was just bad timing. Um. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so the next thing is he laid his hand on her, right? Like in a more aggressive fashion. So when Navi gets home, um, he, there's a part where like, after all of this stuff has happened, right? Like they're not together anymore. Like her, she, like she stopped seeing 
Jayon. And mm-hmm. there's like a time where like uh he he volunteered to be an assistant on her project. So she gets two assistants to help her with her senior project, right? And he's one of them. And they had like the all three of them had gone out to drinks. And this is like after all of this shit has taken place, right? Like all of the stuff between the two of them and then like with Sola and then the new guy with Potato Boy. And, like, all this stuff. And then, like, Potato Boys come to visit her in Seoul, right, mm-hmm. to, like, talk to her. So when Nabi gets home and she sees, like, Park Jae-won sitting on her steps in front of her building in the rain. So he's, like, sitting in the rain in front of her house. And he confronts her about, like, why are you getting home so late? Were you with him? Like, what are you doing? Like, he has no business asking any of these damn questions. Zero. Zero. And when he says... Uh, basically like, she's like, we're going to talk. We can't talk about this right now. Like, we'll talk about it when you're sober. And she goes to walk away and he reaches out and like aggressively grabs her by the wrist to mm-hmm. keep her from leaving. Right. Which is, ooh, such a huge red flag. It's so bad. Like he grabbed her inappropriately. Like that is a big thing it's- with these dramas though. Like that is a definitely mm-hmm. a trope that happens all the time where like, the girl goes to leave and they reach out and like grab their hand or arm and wrist yeah. and like spin them around. And it's like, I mean, for the most part, I would say a lot of those don't come off quite as toxic as this one does. As abusive boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. This comes off as like, no, border borderline, like physically abusive. Yeah, this is a no, you're not going to leave. You're going to stay here and talk to me about what yeah. I just asked you. Right. It's not like, oh, stop. Wait one second. No, don't you go. Know what I mean? Please like, don't mo- go. Like, kind yeah, of thing. please don't go. Or like, oh, wait, one more thing. Or I don't know. It's this was very, very. I. Yeah, I think context is what changes how yes. the wrist grabbing thing is in these shows and in situations like this, because this is clearly more of a like on the abusive side versus like in other shows we've seen where they like. No, please don't go like, yeah, no, I feel the same way about you kind of deal. So like he mm-hmm. grabbed her. Right. And he's drunk and he's getting physical. Right. Which is a huge red flag. Um. And it really doesn't matter that he's hurt or anything and that he doesn't know how to properly express his feelings. Like, none of that shit matters. No. Because he's, he, like, physically touched her without her permission well, and aggressively. Like, no. <laughs> he's made it clear that they aren't anything more serious, yet the second that her attention is drawn away from him, yes, suddenly it's an issue. Yes. So it's it's become to this point, which actually brings me to the next, the last red flag, right, is that he asked her out only because he felt threatened and he feels possessive, right? Because mm-hmm. this this last red flag court sort of happens right before the previous one where he, like, grabbed her, mm-hmm. right? But they both kind of are about the same situation. So Jalen actually saw Potato Boy by Nobby's house. Um, which is why he invited himself up to her apartment, right? To pick up his stuff. That's where I truly was like, oh, he's just, he's just a piece of yes. garbage. Because he looks him right in the eye, right? Because she doesn't, Nami doesn't see him because he's like mm-hmm. off to the side behind a bush or whatever. But like Jan can see him. He looks him straight in the eye and says, can I come up? 
when Ooh. she was like, I'll get your stuff and bring it down for you. It's such trash. Such mm-hmm. tr- I, I hated it. I, I was so mad. And because he saw him, that's why he asked her out, right? Because mm-hmm. he felt threatened. And then Nobby confronts him later, right, about his intentions with asking her out. And he basically tells her, I'm only doing what you want. I'm telling you the truth, right? He's like, this is what you wanted, wasn't it? Like, for us to be exclusive, like, that's what you wanted. Which means that he's only doing it because, one, the only way that he knows he can keep her is by giving her what she wants, even though it's something he doesn't want. Mm-hmm. Which is just, like awful (laughs) it's it's so toxic it's so bad because like obviously like she wants him to ask her out but she only wants him asking her out if it's something that he wants too yeah not because he feels like oh crap some other guy's gonna come in and steal her from me therefore i gotta quickly ask her out even though it's not clearly what he wants yes which is which calls out so the the um like, that goes back to, like, the titles of the episode, right? Where it's like, I know it's a lie. I know it's over. And that is leaning more towards, like, because the I know it's a lie, that's her on her. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. she knows that him asking her out was a lie. But the I know it's over, that's him. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because, but also maybe it's, like, the both of them. Because, right, he, when she like pushes him like his hand off of her in the rain and leaves there's like this inner monologue thing for him going on right where he's like this is where i like messed it up and now it's like really truly over and Mm -hmm. obviously like she has a full breakdown about it because she doesn't know how to deal with the situation right because she just basically said no to someone who she has very strong feelings for and that is hard for her to take but at the same time how does he deal with that he freaking disappears yep and then only comes back like he tries to approach her again right at like one point and she's like get away from me i don't ever want to see you again Mm -hmm. and like yeah he helps her with like fixing her statue or whatever like her project that's supposed to be his only like redeeming no it's not a thing and the only like the reason why she eventually forgives him is because he basically says i'll help you out with this and then you never have to see me again and then he actually respects that boundary for once even though he's been breaking every boundary the entire time and that's when she's like oh maybe maybe he isn't so bad i'm like "Uh, it no (laughs) yes so um, so basically, like, the entire situation is convoluted, right? It is clear by the end that Jayon likes Nobby, but why, right? Like, why does mm-hmm. he like her? Is it because he's attracted to her and genuinely likes her, or is it because he is afraid of losing her to someone else? Like, he is very manipulative. He asks her out for the wrong reasons and then shuts down her feelings when she questions and expresses her own. Mm-hmm. Right? He's yep. like... Because it's clear that at a certain point he does have feelings for her, but he doesn't know how to, like, deal he with clearly that. Does, yeah, he doesn't know how to express it. He And he expresses it all the wrong way, right? And, like, at the end, right, like, for me, it was very freaking clear that she was going to pick him when he left. And then she was upset when he didn't show up to the showing. And then when he did show up, the moment she threw the flowers that Potato Boy gave to her right back at him, I was like, well, that's over. It's done. She's going to pick him. That's how this is ending. It's done. 
She couldn't stop looking for him. Mm-hmm. She clearly was upset that he left, even though he lit. Okay. She was essentially mad that he respected the boundary that she put. <laughs> she was which mad is, that he did what she told him to do. <laughs> which is bad because that means she doesn't expect him to respect her boundaries. Exactly. Like she expected him to not leave. And then he actually and left. And she's like, surprise Pikachu. Like, oh my God, yeah, he like, listened to me. <gasps> he left when I said that he said he was going to leave. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not good. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't bad. be upset. That he's listening to what you're saying or he's doing what he's actually saying he's going to do. Exactly. That's not good. Not good at all. No. So it's it's not great. So like in the end, Nobby does, does stand up for herself and tells Jayon that she doesn't want to see him anymore and that things are over. However, that only lasts for a short amount of time, right? It was very clear that she was going to choose him by the end, even after everything. So after all, it is her decision, right? It is her decision. And she's isn't exactly going into this relationship blind, which she does yeah. call out, right? Because she was looking for him and then couldn't find him. And then they go out for drinks or whatever. And she's like, I'm going to leave. And she walks back to where her piece is in the senior show. And he's standing there, right? Which he was shook, like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing here? I didn't think you would be here. And then she has the bracelet on that he made her. Mm -hmm. right and like she tries to hide it from him but like she very clearly says to him like she calls out the fact that she knows he's gonna break her heart and that this relationship will not end well like she knows that and she goes but i can't help feeling relieved that seeing you like i felt instant relief seeing you right she's like so don't ever leave my side is basically what she tells him which oh, it's it's just such a terrible message. So I got a quote from another article. Okay. I think it's the reviewgeek.com. Mm-hmm. Someone who reviewed it. And he put it basically like, she even says at the end of the episode, I know that it will cause me pain. This seems to send a very conflicting message that if you're in a questionable relationship, you should just ignore the red flags and continue on obliviously. Yes. I mean, that's sadly kind of the show's message. Yes. Which it just drives me crazy. It's <laughs> because the decision that she makes is about how she feels and how he makes her feel is enough for her to choose him. Right? Um, because She's like, I know he's toxic, but it's... nevertheless, I can't help but love him. It's like, no. Girl, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah. And, like, there's that point, like, right at the end, right, where she's walking up and there's two other girls talking to him. And then they start walking together. And she sees Potato Boy in there in, a, in like, a cafe or whatever. And she, like, loosens her hand, like, mm-hmm. her grip on him, but doesn't fully let go of his hand. And she stops walking. She, yeah, she, like, hesitates. Yeah. Because it's clear that she still questions her decision. But then keeps going forward. Yeah. I think I think in a way it kind of shows that maybe she's like, her instinct is like, oh, I should hide this. Yes. But then realizes like, oh, no, I can, I can be comfortable with it. Yes. But it's still kind of sad that that's her instant reaction is like, oh, I need to hide that I'm with this person because... This other person who is a genuinely good person is going to see that I'm with this terrible person. Yes. I mean, 
In terms of characters, I hope that they both grow into a healthy relationship. I hope they ride off into the sunset and have a loving relationship further down the line. I just don't think as a written television show that this gave a great message. No, it didn't. And what's interesting is that um, I was talking to, so um, I'm part of uh, a K-pop podcast discord. So like everyone that's on the discord is all K-pop podcasters. And we have a section for K-dramas, obviously, because it's Mm -hmm. important. Um, So I was talking to some people about this show and one of the... (laughs) One of the creators was like, because we were talking about it and we're like, yeah, I'm not happy with the ending. We're mad that she picked him, even though we knew that's where this was going. It's frustrating, blah, blah, blah. And then one of the other creators came in. They're like, I totally see what you guys are saying and everything. She was like, but honestly, in the end, totally would have made the same decision as her. And I was like, damn it, you're right. (laughs) Because it's it's hard, right? Because you have to put yourself in her situation, right? Like in her shoes and think about it, right? Like she knows like everything that's going on and she continues to feel anxious and question everything that he does and yet she still chooses him so why like would you make that same choice knowing what you know it would be a hard decision like she didn't make that decision lightly no i mean there's a reason why yes right it's it's that he's incredibly attractive, mm-hmm. incredibly charismatic, and incredibly, you know, manipulative. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's she's unfortunately been been blinded a little bit up until the point where she feels like she genuinely can't go back, and she genuinely has these feelings. Does that mean it's right? I don't think so, but I can, I can see how she made the decision. I don't think there's like, I don't know. I feel like I didn't realize this cause I think I was just on a different part of the internet, but apparently people were very, very like not liking her character at all and thinking she was making all these trash decisions. Yeah. And I'm like, you have to understand, like, there's a reason why he got all these women to just absolutely fawn over him. Yeah. It's it's the same thing with like why like you know attractive serial killers are, get away with the things that they get get away with. I mean it's yes it's the charismatic you know character of drawing people in and making them believe that they truly love these people and truly will follow these people to the ends of the earth. It's we've seen this in other shows. So we've watched because like. Like, Jan's character is very similar to the main male lead in uh, Cheese in the Trap. Yeah. Because all of those same decisions that Nobby makes is very similar to the decisions that the other, the female lead in that show makes. I can't, re- I can't remember their names off the top of my head right now. Yeah, I can't either. Um, but it's very similar because he, but he gets the, the background like yeah, you at least like learn about like, why he's such a crappy person. Why he's such a malip- manipulative like jerk and like all the things that he does, right? But despite everything he does anyway, she still like is understanding of everything that he does even though everything he does is way worse than some of the things that Jayon did, right? Yeah. Um but in the end like she still like wants to be with him, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's the same. It's like, it's a very similar situation. It's a very similar, like, uh, it in certain ways, like the character building between the two male leads is very similar, except I, that the other guy gets more of a, like, an attempt I, at redeeming his character, even though, yeah. like, still by the end, you're kind of like, mm, but he still did, like, all this stuff. <laughs> I think they romanticize it a lot more in Cheese in the Trap, yes. which is maybe why, like, I genuinely thought this ending was going to be different because I feel like they didn't romanticize it as much in this. They yeah. still, it's still hard because, like, he's so freaking attractive. It's so hard because, like, he's stupid attractive. It's he is he beautiful. Was, <laughs> if he was an average, average guy. No. Would people root for him the same way? No. I don't think so. Would people excuse a lot of his behavior, like, as much if he was, like, a lot less attractive? I genuinely don't think so. But because he's so freaking attractive, it's the pretty privilege, right? Yes. People are more willing to forgive pretty people for really crappy behavior. And so the actor who plays... Uh, Parteon is um, Song Kang and he is he is definitely very attractive like he is mm -hmm. a very attractive person he plays this character beautifully like his like he did a really great job and he's a, a relatively new actor too like he hasn't been in yeah. very much he's, he's done a lot in the last like year yes and he's <laughs> he's killing it like all of the actors in this like I mean obviously except the dude who just like got himself into a scandal right in the middle of the show <laughs> Yeah. And was honest about it. He's like, yeah, I did all that stuff. Um, yeah. But everyone in the show, like, did a really good job at portraying each of their individual characters and, like, made the story believable. Like, obviously, like, we focused on the A storyline and focused on the two, the two main people. But there were other storylines that were getting developed. Like, I'm really upset that we don't know the outcome of the two people who worked in the office who were, like, the roommate, who became the roommates. Because I wanted them to fall in love more than anybody else. Them? Oh. There was there was so many other good characters that I think unfortunately get so glossed over in the mm -hmm. show because of the two main characters. I mean, that's just how it is. That's that's how story structure works. Yes. Um and like we mentioned at the top, you know, of the discussion, this show did a lot of really great things. The fact oh, that yeah. we got like two female characters falling for each other in a very like it's a pretty darn direct way when it comes to Korean dramas, right? Yes. You you don't see that in mainstream shows at all, really. You have it in like a lot of like you have a lot of BL, you know, web dramas, mm -hmm. but you hardly have any GL uh web dramas. And this isn't a web drama. This is an actual popular show where two female characters fall for each other in a very honest way. Do they get a kiss? No. no. Is that very clear that they treat them differently than the rest of the characters who are all like sleeping with each other and <laughs> yes. getting naked? Yes. We get a really great hug and we get a lot of really emotional, yes. touching moments. Yes. And that's like honestly a lot better than we get, but I would love to see that continue for sure. Yeah, and, like, on top of that, like, this show showed a very intimate and physical relationship between Nabi and Jayon, which is something that you don't get a lot of 
um, yeah. in Korean dramas. So you're getting a more very in-your-face like very prominent where they focus a lot on the intimacy and the physicality of their relationship. It's um, a lot more realistic in terms of like how people actually behave. Yes. And so like in in Korean dramas the expectation is that you'll get a confession and a kiss by halfway through the show. Yeah. That's that's and pretty every, much what it is. Everything is very conservative. Yes. Everything is very tame. This show was not Is that. everyone like that in Korea? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. People are definitely having casual sex and casual relationships the same way they do here. You know, maybe they don't do it in the same way. They don't show PDA quite the same as we do here. But, like, there's definitely hooking up going on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely a thing. I mean, I've seen a lot of web dramas where they do storylines and stuff like that. Because they can kind of get away with having those storylines in web dramas versus, like, proper like network television in korea they're a bit more strict in terms of like what is shown on television yes and this one felt a lot more racy compared to unrestrictive for sure yeah compared to some of the other shows i've seen now they have other ones that are a lot more like that there's a lot more physical and intimacy like there's a show called uh mistresses that i really want to watch that like keeps coming Mm. up every so often and i really want to see that one Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some other shows, but then there's also a lot where like cheese in the trap, like they barely kissed, like they kissed like three times, and every single time it was like her just sort of like the way they wrote her character to be very shy and meek. Mm-hmm. So like when they did show any sort of intimacy, it was very much like her, like oh I don't know if I should like kiss him, like what if people see blah blah blah, like all that stuff. So it was like yeah frustrating um but this show was very not that like they were hooking up by like when she had the sex dream about him and like episode two i was like oh my yeah. god i know we were like whoa 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 this is different <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts because she literally had that sex dream about him and then she woke up and the person calling her was him. <laughs> i was like how did you know <laughs> he's like hey i heard you had a dream about me he was like my ears were burning were you talking about me um uh it's but i don't know i really thought this show could have done more it there were areas where they could have improved on like they could have tried to redeem his character more and they didn't and like they only had 10 episodes to do it in so it's just like they could have had her choose herself they could have and realize that his behavior was super toxic i i genuinely think that's the thing is like Unfortunately, I think there's just still a, a a really not great mindset in terms of that kind of behavior. Yes. Because we've seen it a lot. Because, okay, so low-key, like, the entire time we were talking about this and, like, the red flags and stuff, like, every time we were just, like, when I was thinking about it, like, Fifty Shades of Grey just, like, kept popping up into my head. Mm-hmm. Like, in the discussion, right? Because it was very clear, like, in that series that Christian, not great, right? He's awful. Oh, He's yeah. even worse in the books than he is in the show. Like, they at least make him less of a psycho crazy dude in the in the movies um, and give her more of a stronger, like, personality character. and character mm-hmm. in the films than they do in the book. But at the same time, like... You're like, he's manipulative. He's a lot of like all these things, like very controlling. And yet at the end, like it's, I can't live without you. I can't 
like stop thinking about you like because he does that to her in the same fashion that yeah that that's not love no that's it's that's toxic love it's toxic yeah it's it's just a lot like i mean in the end yes i loved the show i thought it was very like i think they did a really great job with what it is that they were going for was the message they are selling great nah nah really was was song kang hot af yeah totally like enjoyed every Every, moment (laughs) everyone in the show was extremely attractive and i mean i was really really like every week i was dying to watch the show yes it was very entertaining they did a very good job of making you interested throughout every single week there was hardly any week that i was like eh, that was kind of boring nope or like oh the show's dragging a bit no every episode was was pretty well like you felt pretty well like ready to watch yes um also just to like wrap this up the original soundtrack was one of the best parts of the show right because so there's certain korean dramas where they don't really like they play the same song over and over and over again in certain dramas (laughs) something in the rain (laughs) yeah just gonna say um meteor garden even though that's a chinese drama where they played like river by bishop briggs like a hundred times and that that show was 50 episodes there's it's but but this one they they there's several dramas have come out recently that had great soundtracks like associated with them like ethan class was really good with the soundtrack is very good true beauty amazing soundtrack um uh crash landing on you crash landing on you great soundtrack um and like several other dramas have had great soundtracks and this one in particular like i latched on immediately to the music because it was Mm -hmm. so good i still listen to the soundtrack like every day i don't blame you because it's very good yes it's each of the songs that were chosen for each episode worked perfectly so like they fit in perfectly with how the show is going Mm -hmm. and fit the scenes in which they use them perfectly I think it enhanced yes. the show rather than distract. That's what I find trouble with sometimes is like if I don't notice this, I would almost rather not notice the soundtrack mm-hmm. than to notice it and be annoyed. Yes. Which is why you felt super triggered when I chose one of my favorite songs from like the last few months when we did the live episode <laughs> for our um, K-pop show. I picked Butterfly by yeah. Jayuna and you were like, like why would you pick that song because it's the song that they would use at the end of the episode like when it just like ends on a cliffhanger which is funny because like if you were to tell me like like oh uh like i don't know how to explain it but like i don't th- i i wouldn't necessarily think about like oh there's that song again mm-hmm. it just sort of naturally triggered the response of like oh no the episode's over <laughs> because it was subconsciously like just yes. in the show yes if that makes sense yeah so i definitely highly recommend if you are even interested in listening um to the original soundtrack that goes along with the show highly recommend listening to the full soundtrack if you have the chance it is available on spotify um i still listen to it like every day i have this feeling that when i spotify like what have you been listening to for the whole year pops up like the songs from this soundtrack could be like at the top that's great I love it. It's like, no, you didn't listen to BTS the entire year. You listened to these seven, these ten songs. 
I love it. And That's then Rose great. by Dio. And, and then Rose by Dio. <laughs> and then um, Lover Loser. Lover Equals Loser by TXD. <laughs> I hope that people don't <clears throat> think that we just like honestly crapped upon this entire show. This was... I think, if anything, to me, it's more interesting that we had such complex feelings about this show. Yes. Rather than just being like, if everything was great or like everything sucked, this was a very like analytical view at a show. And that's how really you should approach things. It's okay to be critical of something and also enjoy it. Yes. And like one of the things that we try to do right with tea time is like watch content that we enjoy. Right. And then and then for things that are more complex, like try to analyze it and go in depth and discuss like different aspects. And it just so happened that this shows one couple, one character had a lot of things that were like important to discuss and unpack, which is like, as soon as I finished the show, I was like, Chelsea, we have to do this episode on tea time because there's mm-hmm. a lot to unpack about talking about like their relationship and all the red flags associated with him. Um, because the show like w- was so well done and so good that it makes you want to go in depth and discuss it. Yeah. Go in depth, discuss it want more from it i mean there's nothing wrong with just like i don't know critiquing something i think that that's something that a lot of people are so afraid to do nowadays because they're so afraid of like getting hate um but like that i don't know like we don't just either love or hate everything you know there's a lot of mixed feelings about stuff and that's kind of how it should be. Yeah, because, like, what is it? You didn't really like Choosing the Trap that much, and I, I liked it just fine. But there's a lot of, like, people who, who get really upset if you badmouth, like, Choosing the Trap, right? Yeah, which uh. is, like, it, it's not fair. Like, I like I don't regret watching Choosing the Trap. Mm-hmm. It's something that I enjoyed for part of the time. I just had a lot of issues with that show the same way I did with this one. Yes, I think this show's a lot more enjoyable than Cheese in a Trap. I at least yes. was, I felt like this show was a lot more interesting and filmed mm-hmm. a lot better. Like this film, th- or this film, <laughs> this show was filmed gorgeously. Yes. It was stunning. They did like the direction and the, the, the screenwriting and the cinematography for the show was done very, very well. Like it was very meticulous. It was done in a very specific way. I, I mean, I have to applaud all the crew mm-hmm. in terms of this show. It is just f- filmed so gorgeously. Like, they did a phenomenal job with, like, this entire series. And it's one of the best ones that I've watched this year so far. Mm-hmm. Like, even with how we feel about um, the ending. The ending. Like, yeah. I do not regret watching it. Have I rewatched no. some of the scenes between Nabi and Jay on like a bunch of times? Hell yeah, I have because they were very well done. Have Have I watched the behind the scenes of them doing one single kiss about 20,000 times? Yeah. No, not me. No, not, not at all. <laughs> so it's like, it's very clear that like the appreciation for how well done the show is, is there. It's just that like, mm-hmm. how could you not call out all the red flags for him? Like, how could you not? It's just, for for those impressionable people watching 
do not wish for this type of relationship. It's, you can still have that burning chemistry with someone and have a healthy relationship too. Like it's, you can't like, they're not exclusive. Yes. This burning chemistry and toxic behavior does not come hand in hand. Yes. And that is, I think, what is important. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. And I think on that note, we're going to wrap up this show, this very long episode. Um, That's going to end this episode of Tea Time. The show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website, teatimewithkc.com. Feel free to reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram by using our handle at teatimewithkc or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash teatimewithkc. If you want to chat with us in real time, you can join our Slack workspace or Discord server. Uh, invite links for those will be in our show notes and you can also send us an email at teawithkasey at gmail.com don't forget to rate review and subscribe to this podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify google play stitcher and basically every other podcast app and don't forget to check out the other podcasts and streamers on the geek to geek media network by visiting geek to geek media.com and until next time bye bye Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.